0: Welcome to sports talk with R and J. I am Steve Risser along here with Justin D'Onofrio. And again, we have another busy, busy show. I mean, the NHL and the NBA are continuing their postseasons. Uh, baseball's continued to play. And this is the first week in baseball they haven't had a, a COVID issue. So that's a positive college football. The ACC kicks off this weekend. But we got to start with the NFL that kicks off tomorrow. And before we get into the games, we're going to talk about uh, Von Miller and uh, 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 yesterday, we got a story that he got injured uh, injured a tendon in his ankle on the last play of practice, and many people feared that he might be out for the entire season. This could be potentially season-ending, but I've heard some optimism now that this might not end up being season ended, and It might not be a season-ending injury, so it's it's kind of up in the air what's going to happen with Von Miller. But this player is. I would even say just because Drew Locke is a young quarterback and an inexperienced inexperienced quarterback, this is the best player on the Broncos and the most important player on the Broncos. If you looked at the point spread with their game against the Titans, they were a two-point favorite Monday night against the Titans. Now they're a they're a point, they're an underdog by, by a point and a half. So they're in a one-and-a-half a one point underdog. So this guy is worth three and a half points. Not many players outside of a quarterback are worth that much. So this guy is worth this means a ton to this Broncos team. And this was one of my playoffs picks this is one of my sleeper teams in the AFC and if they don't have Von Miller for the season I think yeah I still think they're a 500 team but I don't think they're a playoff team so it's going to be interesting to see what happens here with Von Miller hopefully for his sake and for the Broncos sake he's okay but we'll see what ends up happening with Von Miller but a, a scary scene uh at practice on on Tuesday for the Broncos
1: yeah it was um it's such a tough loss for him if he's out for the year. And I heard two Bradley Chubbs question about Monday night as well with a knee injury. So to have both of them out is such a huge loss, especially um, the way Tennessee likes to play with Derrick Henry and just run the football. Um, but yeah, you know, this is a team that only gave gave up just under 20 points a game last year. Von Miller is a huge part of that. Um, he was gonna be a huge part of this defense this year, trying to get him back to the playoffs. So it's such a tough loss to the uh, Broncos. Hopefully he can come back. You know, maybe late in the season, help him make a push, but uh, it's unfortunate for the Broncos and bond. And the
0: funny thing is, when the Broncos made this pick two years ago, they thought, you know, we're going to have, we're going to have uh, Bradley Chubb and Von Miller on, on, on the edges. We're going to have a really, we're going to have a really, really good pass rush between those two guys. But last season, Bradley Chubb misses 12 games. Uh, now this year, Von Miller might potentially miss the entire season. And if you look at their defense last year, too, they lost four games. They had four games. They finished 7-9, and, and they had four games where they had to lead in the fourth quarter and lost those games. And I think a big reason for that is because they didn't have Bradley Chubb because teams were doubling Bond Miller. So this, could, this is definitely an injury that could have a huge impact on the Broncos' season if he's out for the entire year.
1: Yeah, definitely. It definitely does because it kind of changes that whole defense. And now, you know, you can go over on the other side and just double up uh, Bradley Chubb. And, um, so yeah, it's such a tough loss. And again, with both those guys, you know, fans are hoping to have, you know, those two healthy, um, coming off the edge and, you know, be a dynamic, dynamic, dynamic duo. Um, but unfortunately it just really hasn't happened in the last few years.
0: No, the reason it hasn't happened is because the first year they were healthy, they were good, but that, but the last couple of years, it just hasn't been that way just because let's be honest, they just, and neither neither of them been healthy. And say Von Miller is out for the season, with this being his 10th year in the league, is he going to be able to come back from that injury? That's the big question.
1: Yeah, it is. You know, I think we'll have to find out more information about the injury. But, yeah, something like that, you know, ankle, uh, it could definitely be tough to come back from. You know, he's got a lot of wear and tear already for being in the league in 10 years. You know, hopefully he can't because he's, he's been a uh, – a, wrecking he's been a force since he's been in the league so um you hopefully continue that but yeah you know already being here 10 years you do have to worry about that a little bit
0: yeah absolutely and we just hope for the broncos sake that he's okay and he and he plays at some point this season but we're going to shift over to Week One and, and uh, do our preview of Week One of the season. And we're going to start with uh, the Thursday night game. You got two quarterbacks, two of the highest paid quarterbacks in the game. As you saw, Watson got his new deal on Saturday, and it's it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting game between these two teams. The Chiefs, the Chiefs, and the Texans. Obviously, the Chiefs have the better roster. And uh, I mean, with 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 edwards with uh, with Travis Kelsey, with Tyreek Hill, and even on defense with Frank Frank Clark and Chris Jones. That's why I think they're going to win the game. I think they're going to win this game. I think a big reason for that is because of the way they're going to move the ball on offense i think edward solera is a really good game in his first game as a rookie i think in the in the, in the run game and in the past game i think mahomes is a really good game getting the ball to watkins hill and kelsey so they, i think they get in the 30s and i and, I, and on a, and on offense i think the texans have it, it, deshaun Watson has a good game but i think at times they struggle to run the football because david johnson has not been a good running back since probably 2016 after he got after he got hurt in 2016 and I think that uh, that the Chiefs put pressure on Deshaun Watson with Chris Jones and uh, and Frank Clark. I think there's pressure on Deshaun Watson. I think he makes some plays, but he doesn't make enough plays. And I got the Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champion, starting 1-0 Thursday night, beating the Texans 34-24, Justin.
1: Yeah, I got the Chiefs winning this one 31-21 in the season opener. <laughs> Supposed to be cold and rainy, too. So, you know, if, if that's the case, too, you know, Texans have to run the ball more. Um, could be an inchy form, And this is a, you know, Houston defense last year gave up about, um, about 400 yards a game defensively. And that will not cut it against this Kansas City offense. Um, I can't wait to see Clyde Edwards to layer in this offense. It's just going to be so fun to watch. Um, and then, you know, without Hopkins, last year he had 104 catches. Second most with uh, Fuller with 49 and stills at 40. So they're really going to need production to go up from Fuller and still they have any chance in this game. Um, but Casey's going to be too much. I get I get the Chiefs winning
0: 31-21. We got my Giants opening the season Monday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers, so they're they are hosting the Steelers on Monday night. And looking at this game as a Giants fan, I think this is going to be a close competitive game. I think uh I, if you look at the Giants, they could struggle on the offensive side of the ball and here's uh t- t- two of the reasons why. I think one of the I think the biggest reason why they struggle is uh, Andrew Thomas is going to have his hands full with TJ Watt. And you know the Steelers are going to put TJ Watt on that left side against Andrew Thomas. You know that's going to be a matchup Monday night, and that's going to be a matchup, in my opinion, Andrew Thomas is going to struggle in. It's gonna, it is tough it's Tough for a rookie to go up against, with whether the limited offseason to go up against one of the best pass rushers in football, that's going to be a really, really tough matchup for the Giants. Also, I think Jones – against this defense might have a turnover or two because we saw last year he was he had a turnover he was he had a turnover he pretty much had one turnover a game last year I think he might have a turnover or two against this defense I think the one positive though for the Giants on offense is the one thing the Steelers didn't do great last year is stop the run they'll be a little bit better doing it with Stefan to being healthy and Devin Bush in his second year but I think Saquon Barkley is a big game and I expect him to have at least over 100 all-purpose yards in this game So I I do think the Giants do move the ball a little bit, but I think they kick field goals instead of scoring touchdowns. And on the defensive side of the ball, I think the Giants do get some pressure on Big Ben. I think the Steelers offensive line is a little bit old. Because they have four starters that are in their thirties, I think they do get pressure with Marcus Golden and with Leonard Williams. Uh, I, I think they do a decent job stopping the run. too. the Steelers are not that good against the run, and the Giants were better against the run uh, later in the season. So I think they do a decent job stopping the run. But I think that the difference in this game is going to be is I think uh, Big Ben is going to make less mistakes than Daniel Jones, and I think that Steelers defense is going to make the big play at the end of the game to win the game for the Steelers. And that's why I got the Steelers beating the Giants twenty to sixteen on Monday night.
1: Yeah, I get the Steelers getting the win on the road 28 to 24. um the Steelers team talk, you know with the Giants last year really struggling um hang on the football the Steelers had 38 takeaways last year so they're really good at uh taking advantage of that um it's gonna yeah you know it's just gonna be a good test for Andrew Tom to see where he's at and I know he didn't have a ton of time here but you know he, he's you know he's got no time to settle in and kind of get experience here in the NFL game. He's got to go right up against T.J. Watt, which is going to be tough. Um But I think with this offense and with Jason Garrett, I think they'll be able to put up some points. So, again, if they can, you know, if the Giants can hang on the ball and, and, you know, be able to score touchdowns, I think they have a chance to win it. But I think, because, you know, do the Steelers have enough weapons to make a run at this thing? They only had seven rushing touchdowns last year. They still got Juju. Smith um, Schuster. Yes, Mr. But um I just think the Steelers are gonna to be too much for him. I think they'll go into MetLife and get the win.
0: We got an AFC East matchup in Foxborough on Sunday as the Patriots host the Dolphins. This was a rematch of a week 17 game where the Dolphins beat them to cost the Patriots home field advantage last year. And in this game, I think this is another close competitive game. I think on offense, Cam Newton is a good game. I think the biggest reason why Cam Newton is a good game is I think the running game for the Patriots is good. I think the Patriots are going to do a really good job of running the football with Sonny Michelle. I think having David Andrews back is going to be key. I think the Dolphins in the middle of their defense, the Dolphins struggle in the middle of their defense. So I think the Patriots will have, a, will have a lot of success running the football and that's going to, you know, open things up for the passing game, especially for tight end Devin Asiasi. I think he could have, he could have a good game in this game. And also, you know, Nikhil Harry can make some plays as well. I think, uh, Julian Edelman might be limited because I think uh, Byron Jones is going to be shadowing him in this game, the big free agent acquisition the Dolphins got in the offseason. And on the defensive side of the ball, though, I think Miami's going to have some success running the ball because of what New England lost in their front seven. Jamie Collins, Dante Hightower, Kyle Van Noy, and we know Kyle Van Noy now plays with the Dolphins. I think the Patriots are I think the Dolphins are going to be able to have some, some success running the ball, which is going to open up play action, which is which I think is going to help them. I think Mike Kosecki has a good game in the middle of the field. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was with Chan Gailey previously, with the Bills and the Jets, I think he has a pretty good game too. But I think the biggest difference in this game is is the Patriots' ability to run the ball cam newton being able to have a good game and i think that the patriots are going to lock up the best even though parker had his way with gilmore in the week 17 game last year i think the Pat- gilmore is going to lock up Devontae parker and that's going to be the difference and i'm going to go with the patriots in this game in a close one i'm going 27 20 new england
1: yeah i got new england win this thing 23 to 17 i think gilmore's been thinking about that uh, week 17 game all summer long so in winter so i believe he's going to have a much better outing this time he's- um, Devontae Parker, and he did first, you know, week 17. Um, you know, this is going to be a tough one. You know, this Dolphin team did not come scared, you know, week 17 obviously last year. Um, I'm actually very, very concerned with this game. I think they'll be able to pull it out. Um, but I would not be shocked to see Miami come back in here and get another one. Um, you know, I'm interested with the defenses. They have a lot of inexperience at linebacker. Um, and the Dolphins really struggled to run the ball last year. They only had 17, 72 rushing yards a game, but now they got Howard and Matt Burita, so they upgraded in that area. Um, you know, for the Pats offense, as you know, um with Edelman probably gonna be guarded by Byron Jones, can one of the wide receivers step up? Can that be Harry? Um so if somebody can help out, I think you know they got a chance to be able to score some points, but I don't know if they'll be able um but I think they should be able to come away and take my, get Miami 23 to 17, but you know, it'll be a close one.
0: We got another AFC East matchup in Buffalo as the Jets uh, head to Buffalo to face the bills. And uh, I think in this game, I think the quarterbacks are pretty even Sam Darnold and, uh, and Josh Allen's pretty pretty much a toss up, but the rosters are not even comparable. The Bills have a much better roster than the Jets, and they're going to control this game. And I think a big reason why the Bills win this game by two scores, I think they control this game on the ground. I think they control it on the ground with Devin Singletary. I think they control the game on the ground with uh, with uh, with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. And those guys control the game on the ground. That opens. That's going to open up some play action. Open stuff up for Stephon Diggs to to have a pretty good game as well. And also, I think the Bills defense does a good job. I guess the Jets' offense, which out, outside of really Sam Darnold, this offense has a lot of question marks. I think they get pressure on Sam Darnold. They force they force a turnover turnover from Sam Darnold, and I think Slavion Bell has a decent day, but not a great day. And I and I got the I got the Bills winning this game. I got the Bills winning it twenty four to thirteen over the Jets.
1: Yeah, I got Bills taking it twenty four to ten. Um, they should yeah, be able to control the ball, control the line of scrimmage. You know, it, it's such a tough loss for the Jets to not have um cj mosley opted out and with adams being traded there's not you know their defense is not great and i just think buffalo will just be able to run it down their throats and i'm interested to see what adam Gase does now with Le'Veon on belly so he's going to use them a lot differently this year He, you know um he put blame on himself the way he, he did use them last year so i'll be interesting to see if they can kind of get him going and open things up um but I guess six of the seven wide receivers, two for the Jets right now, are on um, the injury list. You now, with you know, I think most of them are questionable. I think uh, Braxton Barrios is like the only one right now that's not on the injury injury report. But um, I just think the Jets do not have enough. And this Bills defense is really is really good. There's not too many holes in that defense, so I think Buffalo will be able to control it twenty-four to ten
0: we got an NFC East matchup in Landover, Maryland, as the Eagles traveled down to Washington to face the, the no, I almost said it, the Washington football team. We got the, we got the Eagles uh, facing the Redskins. And for the Eagles, I think this game is going to be a little bit of a struggle early for their offense because of their issues on the offensive line and the Redskins defensive line. And so I think that's what's going to keep the Redskins in the, game early, in the game early. But I think one player that has a really, really big game for the Eagles this week, and that's then with, with, that's Miles Sanders. I think Miles Sanders has a big game in the, in, the, in, the run, in the run game, and I think he has a big game in the pass game. I think he's definitely going to have over 100 all-purpose yards, just like he did in week f- f- uh, f- 15 when they met up in December last year. So I think Miles Sanders has a big game, and that's going to open up stuff for Zach Ertz, and that's going to open up stuff for the rest of the offense too. And I think Carson Wentz has a pretty good game as well. And on the defensive side of the ball, I even though Dwayne Haskins had a really good game against the Eagles in week 15 last year, I think that, uh, the, that Eagle defense and not have Darius Slay, and I think Darius Slay will be all over uh, Terry McLaurin all day, and, and the Eagles are going to force someone else to beat them. And I think, and I think that's going to be very, very hard, seeing the lack of skill guys in the Redskins' offense. I think the Redskins will have a lot of problems running the football. I think Dwayne Haskins will make some mistakes, especially uh, uh, being his first game in a new offense. I think Haskins has a tough day. I think the Eagles get pressure on Haskins as well. And I got the Eagles winning this game, and I got them winning it 23-10. to 10. Justin.
1: I got the Eagles taking it 24-13. And you know, Eagles got to get out to a much better start than they did last year in uh, Washington. I almost said as well. They were down 20 to 7.5, but so had a nice comeback in the second. Um, you know, for Philly too, they did not they were not great last year on getting off the field on third down. They gave up almost, I think 40, it was um around 44%, I think, offense their offensive or their defense was. Um, so they gotta be better at that. And then hopefully, you know, um, but they should be able to really control this game. You know, for the most part, they got, you know, they're pretty healthy right now. Um, you know, at the receiver core mostly right now. So um, I think Jalen Rieger is out for this game, the fresh, the rookie from TCU. But um, for the most part, you know, Washington maybe will get some pressure on Wentz and make it tough for him. But again, I just, I don't think Washington has enough in the secondary. Um, And I think Washington as well this year will be better against a run. They gave, um, they gave up 146 yards a a game last year against a run. They'll be better in that area, um, but not enough. And I think um, Billy will get the win at home
0: we got an NF AFC North matchup in Baltimore as the Browns travel to Baltimore to face the Ravens. And we remember the Browns did win here last year. And a big reason for that was because of the way they ran the football. And I think they're going to have success doing that in this game. I think the Browns will be able to, will be able to have a little bit of success running the ball. Not as much success they had in the past. Cause you look at the Ravens. Now they got Patrick queen and Calais Campbell on that defense. So I think the Browns have a little bit of success running the ball. I think the problem for the Browns on offense is I don't I don't think they're going to get much out of a, uh, Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham cuz the Ravens got the best pair of corners in the league and both can play both are really good in man coverage Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters and I think with the pressure the Ravens are going to get on Baker Mayfield I think Mayfield's going to have a have a couple is going to have a couple turnovers is going to have a rough day and on offense for the Ravens, I think Lamar Jackson has, has a good game. I think the run game for the Ravens is really, really good and is going to keep that defense off the field. I think Dobbins and Ingram are going to have a good day, which is going to set up play action to get the ball to Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown. And I think, the Ravens, I think the Ravens win this game. I think they win it by two scores. I got the Ravens over the Browns, 27-17. to 17.
1: Yeah, I got Ravens 20-17. They should be able to take care of this one. Um, should be interesting what uh, Kevin scheme is, scheme with Cleveland. And Baker doesn't have a ton of experience under center. Um, so that will be interesting to kind of see how he does there. This is a team, too. They got to do much, you know, especially Baker, 21 interceptions last year. They're minus eight in the turnover margin. It's a new coaching staff, so I understand, you know, new culture and all that, which I think it definitely is going to help this Browns team because they have the talent to make a run at the playoffs. Um, but this Baltimore team just, I think, has too much, you know, they upgrade the linebacker position um with patrick queen they got campbell so i just think baltimore to me wait it's going to be too much for this cleveland team and they should be able to take care of business
0: we got an nfc matchup down in atlanta as russell wilson and the seahawks travel to atlanta to face matt ryan and the falcons and i think this is going to be a fun game i think this game is going to be back and forth both offenses scoring a lot of points i think that uh that Seattle's going to have success running the ball. I think w- Russell Wilson's going to have success throwing the ball. And, and and on the other side, I think that uh, Matt Ryan's going to have a big day too because Seattle has trouble getting to the quarterback, so he's going to have time to throw. I think Julio Jones has a big game. I even think Todd Gurley has a pretty good game too. I think he has a I think a better game through the air than he does on the ground. But I think Todd Gurley still has a pretty good game. And I think this game is going to come right. This is going to be like a lot of Seahawks games this year. I feel like it's going to come right to the wire. It's going to be high scoring, but the Seahawks are going to win it at the end, probably with the, probably with the game winning field goal. I got C. Seattle winning in Atlanta 30 to 27.
1: Yeah. I got Seattle taken at 30 to 24. It seems like last year too, Steve uh, seems like every Seattle game was very high scoring and it came down the end for the most part. Um, I assume we'll probably see the same this year, um, for this Seattle team. And, you know, they were five and zero last year going on the East coast playing a one o'clock game, but Pete Carroll has been really good at that. You get him adjusted to that. Um, I think, you know, very underrated. Um, Last oh. year, this it was you know Seattle jumped out twenty four nothing lead. Atlanta had five hundred twenty five yards in the game, but they had three turnovers and one. Yeah, in game. and let's, let's not forget Matt Schaub was the starter in that game too. Yeah, he was. So and and he was able to tear them up through the air. Um, so Seattle's got to be much better. And you lost Connie, too, so you lost uh you know one of your best pass rushers, which hurts a bit. But Seattle should be able to run the ball against these guys. They got to do a better job. Um, they gave up forty sacks last year. You got to keep. Wilson, you know, I know he can make plays with his feet and, you know, turn a broken plate, you know, into something, but they got to do a much better job this season. And for Atlanta, it should be interesting. Dodd Gurley coming home, um, play for the Falcons, but it should be a phone, but I think Seattle is going to be a little bit too much for him.
0: We have the Raiders traveling down to Carolina to face the Panthers. And I think this is going to be a close, really, really close competitive game. I think the Raiders are at a disadvantage playing a one o'clock game in, in, the, in the Eastern time zone. And that's why I think, I don't think the Panthers are going to win many games this year, but I think this is one of them they're going to win because on offense, I think Christian McCaffrey has a big day to open up the season. I think he has a big day in the pass game, and I think he has a big day in the run game. So I think McCaffrey's going to go rush for over 100 yards, might even have almost 100 yards receiving too. I think McCaffrey is a is a big, big game, which is gonna open things up for Bridgewater. They get the ball to DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. So I think the Panthers s- score a lot of points on offense. And also I think the Raiders score some points too. I think that in the run game, Josh Jacobs has a big game, Darren Waller has a good game. But at the end of the day, I'm gonna I think this is a really fun game. I think these teams teams are gonna go back and forth. But at the end of the day, I'm gonna take the home team I'm gonna take the Panthers winning 27-24 over the Raiders. I and I know you. who I know who you're picking, Justin
1: Yeah, I got Vegas. The same score, 27-24. I think for Carolina, you know, 11 draft picks, all defense, a lot of new pieces on that side of the ball, and not with any preseason game and all that, I think there is going to be a very slow start, and I think the Raiders are going to be able to take advantage of that. Um, This is a team that they kind of want to start – they want to go deep. They got a lot of deep threats now, um, and, and, you know, they only averaged 19 points a game last year, so I – you know, I, uh, Hunter Renfro, too. I think they're going to use him like a Julian Edelman in New England. I really like Renfro. Um, not the most athletic guy, but, you know, um, good hands, again. And just he's a hard guy to bring Yeah, he's, just,
0: he's, he's a and grinder. So I'll yeah. give you that.
1: Oh, yeah. Yes, he is. And I think he's going to be a big part of this offense. And I think Jacobs is going to be a big game. Carolina definitely be able to put up some points. Because the Raiders defense still is not very good. Um, but I think – Vegas is going to be able to get the first one.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, that, that should be an interesting game. I'm, uh, that's going to definitely be an exciting game this week. Oh, yeah. But we got an NFC North matchup in Minnesota as the Packers head to Minnesota to base the Vikings. I think this will be a really, really good NFC NFC North matchup. I think on offense for the Packers, I think that uh, Aaron Jones is a pretty good game. I think because he, he had two pretty good games against the Vikings last year. I think Aaron Rodgers has a good game through the air. I think the Vikings, though, will get pressure on him, though. I think he'll be under pressure during the game that, because that pass rush of Yannick and went to Neil Hunter, that's going to be one of the top. There's going to be two of the top edge rushers in the game, and having them on one team is going to be pretty good for the Vikings. So, But on defense for the Packers, I think that they get pressure on Kirk Cousins with Preston Smith and Sidarius Smith. I th- but I do think Dalvin Cook has a good game through the air. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins makes some plays as well. But I think the biggest difference in this game is going to be, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to play make more plays than Kirk Cousins because he's got Devontae Adam and the Vikings, even though Adam Thielen's good, don't have a receiver as good as uh, Devontae Adams. I think they get pressure on Kirk Cousins uh, with with their with their pass rush, I think with uh, Zedarius Smith and Preston Smith. And I think this game comes right down to the wire with the Packers winning, with the Vikings having the ball at the end. I think either Preston Smith or Zedarius Smith makes a play or Kirk Cousins throws an interception. To, and the, the Packers win this game and I got the Packers winning it 24 to 20.
1: Yeah. I got the same score as you Packers winning 24, 20. Um, yeah. You know, okay. The Packers get a second guy to step up with Devontae Adams. Um, how can, and can green Bay? Cause I do worry in this game, if green Bay cannot slow down Delvin cook and he can run for hundred, 130 yards, the green Bay is going to be in trouble in this game. Cause I think he will open up play action for Kirk cousins and, you know, I think he'll have some success if they can get pressure on him and, and you know, they got a much better chance, but, you know, um, it should be interesting to see Hunter and um, Negaway on in the pass rush. I think, they, you know, they could get some pressure on Rodgers, uh, maybe force him, you know, out of the pocket, make a mistake, but I, I think the Packers are going to be able to win this game, but this one, huge one, you know, to win the NFC North, even though it's week one.
0: Absolutely. these two teams are clearly the two t- top the top two teams in the NFC North. But we'll stay in the NFC North so we as have, we have another matchup in the NFC North. And the Bears travel to Detroit to face the Lions. And obviously, we've got the big quarterback controversy between Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. I think, obviously, Mitch Trubisky was the right choice to start a quarterback for the Bears because you just don't want to give up on him right away, I think. I think that's th- I think that's that's the right choice for, for for the Bears at quarterback and for the game. I think the Bears, even though Mitch Trubisky has played well against the Lions, I think they're going to struggle on offense. I think I like the two I like a lot with the Lions at, at corner drafting Jeffrey Okuda and getting Desmond Trufant. So I think I think uh, I think that Trubisky is going to struggle a little bit, especially in the passing game. I think the Bears may have a little bit of success in the running game. I think, I think because the Lions defense has really really struggled against the run. And, and on offense for the Lions, I think they have success running the ball. Obviously, getting Adrian Peterson. We don't know if DeAndre is going to play, but you. Can, but if they, if he can't play, you got Carryon Johnson, DeAndre Swift, and Adrian Peterson. That that's a pretty good running game. So I think they'll have success, success, success on the ground. I think what this game is going to come down to is Matthew Stafford making more plays and less mistakes than Mitch Trubisky. And I got the. And I think this game again comes right down to the end with the Lions' defense having to make a play against Mitch Trubisky, and I think they do it. And that's why I got the Lions beating the Bears twenty-three to sixteen.
1: Yeah, I got the Lions winning 21-20. Um, you know, now Trubisky got bulls breathing down his neck. He says he feels fresh and he's, you know, on a clean slate now. We'll we'll see. I um, I know David Montgomery is dealing with a soft tissue issue in his groin, so he's questionable at the moment. Um, they, I, you know, they still got Cohen in the backfield, but I think the Lions definitely need to you know, this is a game because I see people think you know they could win six seven games and if they want to win that many you know this is a the game they need to win ap is nice to get in that running back room and i think if this offense can click and because this offense could score some points it's just you know i worry more about their defense but i think they should be able to get this one at home 21 to 20.
0: We got an AFC South matchup in Jacksonville as the Colts traveled down to Jacksonville to face the Jaguars. And, and even though this is a division game, even though I don't think the Colts are going to be that good, it's going to be as good as people think this year. I think the Colts win this game. And I think they win it big. I think they control this game on the ground with their offensive line and with Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor. That'll open things up for Phillip Rivers to get the ball to pair to a uh, to to michael pittman jr and ty hilton and and jack doyle and and, and i think on the defensive side of the ball the colts with the forest buckner and justin Houston get Houston get pressure on uh on gardner Minshew i think that they stopped the run i think it's going to be a rough day for gardner Minshew and i got the colts winning this game in a blow i got the colts beating the jaguars 34 to 13
1: yeah i got it the colts winning this one 30 14 you know who the jacksonville jaguars starting running back is going to be who is it? I'm not even it's, sure. Uh, James Robinson. He's a rookie from Illinois state undrafted. He's actually a decent. Back. He'd He'd you, like, you, yeah. You, you
0: probably watched a little bit of him last year. You might be the one person who watched a little bit of him last year. I bet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, I saw him in the play. Um,
0: FCS, FCS. Of course you're, you, you're like the only person who watched the FCS playoffs, but yeah, that's the thing about you. You know, all, you know all these middle level players.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So um, I think you have some decent, you know, again, it'll be interesting, you know, now he, how he goes up against an LFO defense. Not a big pass catcher in the backfield, out of the backfield. Um, but this this Jacksonville Jaguars team, it's going to be a really rough year. No stars are back anymore from that 2017 run in the, in the AFC Championship game. It's um, going to be fun, this, you know, how does um, Phillip Rivers look with this offense? Um, you know, again, i you know, the Colts are really just one kind of quarterback away. I know they have Rivers, but this team get a quarterback and they can make a run you know, AFC championship game. They're, you know, they got the talent. Um, but I the Colts will be able to take it 30 to 14.
0: We'll go to the four o'clock games and we'll go to the game of the week, and that is the Buccaneers traveling to New Orleans to face the Saints. It's the matchup between Tom Brady and Drew Brees. I mean, we got two future first ballot Hall of Fame quarterbacks going at it, both in their 40s, both playing, both are still top 10 quarterbacks in the league, which is amazing. And I, I think this is going to be a great game. I think, I think uh, we'll start with the ball. I think on the Bucks' side of the ball on offense, I think, I think they're get even though the Saints have to run well. Their one weakness on defense is that interior of their, of their defensive line. So I think four nets, they, I think the Bucks run the ball. Uh, better than the Saints do, I'll, 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 I'll give you that. I think Brady has a good game in his first game. Yes, he's going to be under some pressure. I think Cameron Jordan, is, uh, Donovan Smith's going to have some trouble with Cameron Jordan, I th- and I think that tristan worse might have some problem with the uh, problems with Marcus Davenport either. But we know Darity, Brady. He knows when to get rid of the ball. He knows he'll be able to dump it off to Ronald Jones. Also, he's got you know he'll have Gronk and or and OJ Howard in the middle of the field, and also. Oh, uh, you got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I think the big matchup to watch this game is going to be Mike Evans against Marshawn Lattimore because Marshawn Lattimore has had his way with Mike Evans in the three years they went up against each other. Mike Evans has only gone for over a hundred yards one time. And that was an opening day in 2018. when Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback. The five other times Jameis Winston was the quarterback. He was, he was held under a hundred yards by Marshawn Lattimore, but Jameis Winston isn't there anymore Tom Brady's there so that's why I think Mike Evans still has a pretty good game I think just Chris Godwin has a pretty good game and I think the Bucks get into the 30s on offense and for the Saints I think they have a big day on offense as well I think I think running the balls where they're not going to have a good day I the Bucks are going to shut down that running game of Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray I think they do that but I think Drew Brees has a big day in the passing passing game getting the ball to Michael Thomas I think Michael Thomas has a big game I think goes for over 100 yards like we remember the game he had in week week five when these two teams played he was he was he almost said 200 yards receiving at a huge day. And, and then I think Emmanuel Sanders has, Sanders is a big game too, but I think this game is, uh, this game is going to come down to, uh, you know, the end the wire. And I think either Brady wins it at the end or this Bucks defense, which is much improved, especially in the front seven makes a stop and wins it at the end. And I got the Bucks beating the saints 31, 27. I know it's their first game. They don't know each other well, but we know Brady's been working with these guys in the off season. That's why I got them winning this game. 31, 27.
1: Yeah, I get, I get the opposite. All right, I get the same score, but I got the Saints winning this one, 31-27. Um, And did you know, Steve, too, Breeze and Brady are 1-2 all-time in the most passing touchdowns in week one. Breeze has 39, and Brady's got 37. Um, but You know, could be a shootout. It should be fun. Both these guys in the same division now. Um, Fournette pick up really big, you know, I feel like for, for the Bucks because, you know, they didn't really have a great run. And,
0: and and I even wrote an article about Fournette going to the Bucs, making them the clear favorite. So if I picked the Saints in this game, I'd look like a hypocrite. So I definitely had to pick the Bucs.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just don't know how many snaps he's gonna get this week. I don't know. Um, that's kind of one of the other reasons why I'm going with the Saints. But this Bucks um, line is it's gonna get tested. You know, I know they got um, I know they kind of upgraded in the draft a little bit, but it's you know the same team's The same team got 51 sacks a year ago um and so they can get pressure on Brady I know you know uh you know you said it but you know Brady knows wanting to get rid of the ball he does a great job of that but it'll be interesting it should be a shootout um you know last team of the ball is going to win this game and one yeah, one
0: thing I didn't mention too is on the on the other side of the offensive line I think the matchup between Shaq Barrett and Tyron Armstead that's going to be a great matchup to watch if if, if 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 Barrett's on Armstead's side I'm really looking forward to that matchup too
1: yeah that should that should be a good matchup and um
0: It uh, looks like we might have lost Justin there. But yeah, I mean, yeah, as Justin said, he's picking the Saints, I'm picking the Bucks. This is going to be a, an awesome game between these two teams. I'm really, really looking forward to this matchup between between these two teams. It's going to be 4 o'clock, f- four, 425 Fox, and I'll definitely be watching that game on Sunday. But we got an NFC West matchup in uh, in uh, S- San Francisco as the Cardinals travel to San Francisco to face the 49ers. And I got I got an upset here. I'm going to go with the Cardinals to win this game, and here's here's a big reason why. I think that uh, Kyler Murray's going to have a good game. Recently paid DeAndre Hopkins. I think he has a big, big game for the Cardinals. I think DeAndre Hopkins has has a big game. I think Kenyon Drake, who had a good game when they played last year, I think Kenyon Drake has a good game as as well. Right, so I think the Cardinals offense does a good job moving the ball against the 49ers defense. I think a big reason for that is D. There's a good chance D. Ford might not play for the 49ers, so that that will. Not make their pass rush as difficult. There will still be pressure on Kyler Murray, but I don't think that their pass rush will be as will not be as uh, will be as much of a pass rush without D. Ford. And on the other side of the ball, I think the Cardinals' defense has definitely improved this year. I think that uh, you know with, with the addition of Isaiah Simmons, obviously they got obviously they got Chandler Jones, uh, uh, Jordan Hicks, and and you got uh, you got. Uh, to Baker and hopefully Patrick Peterson can be a little bit better than he was last year. And I think the thing is for the Niners offense too, is they they lost some guys in that offense. They're probably not good. They're probably going to be without Debo Samuel in this game. And they did lose Emmanuel Sanders to, to New Orleans. So I think that the the Niners offense isn't, they'll they'll have success running the ball, but in terms of, and they obviously do have one of the best tight ends in the game in George chill, but in terms of receivers, I think they're going to be a little bit thin in this game. And I think that's a big reason why I think Arizona wins this game. And I got the Cardinals, Taking the Niners in the upset in week one, 28 to 24. It'll be just fun to watch this NFC West all year. I mean, you know, see with the Seahawks, and you got the 49ers and Cardinals. I think all three are gonna be playoff teams. Then you got the Rams, I don't think it'll be that good. But I do think that they'll be competitive. And then we don't I and mean, we can't forget they were in the Super Bowl uh two years ago as well. And Justin, yes, we lost him, but he's he has got the Niners winning this game twenty three-21. So this will be a really, really interesting game on Sunday. Are you back, Justin? Yeah, I'm back. So Okay, I'm yeah, back. let's talk. Have you talked about the Niners and the Cardinals?
1: Justin uh, I think we
0: might have lost Justin again. So I'm going to go to the uh to the Monday night game and uh we, as obviously as we just talked about uh, we uh, with the uh with the Von Miller in, with the Von Miller injury with, with between the, and we the we got we got the tie- I,
1: think, uh, I was, <laughs> Are you back, Justin? You back, Justin? Yeah, I, think I Yeah, sorry. Yeah.
0: Uh, oh, no problem. We'll, 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 right. we'll talk Niners. We'll talk Niners, Cardinals. Then we'll go to. Then we'll go to the Monday night game.
1: Okay, uh, I'll just wrap it up. Um, should be interesting, what Hopkins Hopkins adding to this offense and the chemistry with him and Murray? Uh, you know, not having a full off season, but I think that, uh, Arizona. I mean, I think San San Francisco will be able to uh, steal steal this one.
0: Yeah, that, that obviously as I've been saying that should be an interesting game. So now we'll go to the second Monday night game between the Titans and the Broncos and obviously we talked about the Von Miller news with him not being there and it, and that was and that was big because him not being there really swung this game three and a half points. Now the Titans are a point that are favored by a point and a half to beat the Broncos. They were a two point underdog and I think they're going to beat the Broncos. Now I had, I had the Broncos winning, but now I got the Titans. I got the Titans winning because of Derek, because of Derek Henry. I think he'll be able to have success on the ground. Now that Von Miller's not there, Henry will be able to have more success on the ground, open up play action for Ryan Tannehill to get the ball to AJ Brown. So I think they have a, they have a decent game. And I think on the defensive side of the ball, I think that the Titans defense does a good job. Uh, getting pressure on uh, Drew Locke, uh, containing the run game of Melvin Gordon and uh, Phillip Lindsey. And I think this game comes down to the end, but I think it's a one score game, but I got the Titans going into Denver and beating the Broncos 24, 17, Justin.
1: Yeah. I got Tennessee as well in this one, 21 17. Um, you know, I think that now without Von Miller, I think Derek Henry is going to be able to have a big game, especially if Chubb's questionable too. And he, if he can't get on the field. Um, it, it's going to be a, touch, a tough loss for Denver. I just, th- I think them could be good. I just think week one, it's going to be tough. They haven't played any preseason games. So I, you know, I don't know what the chemistry is going to be like with this offense. So I think there could be a, a struggle here for the Broncos to get anything going at home. Also, ta- Tennessee's gotta be much better because they did give up 56 sacks too. So that's kind of what, you know, a year ago. So, you know, you had Miller and Chubb it, you know, I'd, probably go with Denver, but because of that, I just think um, Tennessee should be able to win this game. It's, it'd be interesting, too, to see Tano can kind of build off of Meadow um, to the end of his regular season last year.
0: Yeah, that's definitely going to be interesting to see to see what happens there. And, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens in week one. I think this is going to be one of the most unpredictable week ones we've ever had. I mean, no result in week one is going to surprise me because of the way this offseason's been. It's been such an unusual off season. We've never seen an off season like this, where we've had no preseason games, limited, limited uh, training, uh, full training camp, but limit, you know, limited contact and training camp, virtual OTA, such an unusual off season that no result in week one, or even the first two or three weeks or, First, maybe even the first month of the season, it's really even going to surprise me because of how limited this offseason has been, how crazy this offseason, how crazy everything has been. So, our picks could be we could be eight and eight or nine and seven in week one, and I wouldn't be surprised because this is such a tough week to pick games.
1: Yeah, it is. And you know, these guys are so used to having four preseason games, and even though these starters usually only play like a series or two or half, you know, week three, um, it again, I think we're going to see a lot of defensive guys mistackled i think it, it, it's kind of going to be like college football week one or two where it, it's going to be a lot of sloppy football a lot of mistackled i think you're going to see that for the first few weeks because none of these guys have really again you can kind of um then kind of scrimmage i know teams have scrimmage but again until you actually get out there on the field and, and and play um you know we're not gonna be able to see it you know it's gonna be very sloppy i think for a few weeks and my bad, we
0: forgot about one other game in week in week one. It's the uh, Chargers uh, visiting Cincinnati to face the Bengals. And I think you know with uh, with with Joe Burrow, I think uh, he, he being already named team captain, and I and I think he I really like what he, what he's doing. I like I like some of the weapons he's got with uh, with Joe Mixon with AJ Green with uh, Tyler Boyd. And I got a little bit of a battle for you in an auction draft with Tyler Boyd last night. Mm-hmm. and in that, in that auction draft he had so yeah so i i i really like the weapons the Bengals have uh so i think i think they're gonna be have some some success moving the ball yes there'll be pressure on uh joe burrow because the chargers with melvin ingram and joey bose they get a really really good pass rush uh but i think joe burrow is gonna be able to move the ball i think derwin james is gonna, is gonna be a big loss in this game for the chargers he's out for the season so that's why i think uh 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 Joe Mason is going to have success in the pass game and in the run game. And I think that's another reason why the Bengals will be able to move the ball. And on the other side of the ball, I think the Bengals get pressure on uh on Tyrod Taylor. I think Tyrod Taylor has a pretty good game. Main, even though Mike Williams probably won't play, I think he gets the ball to Keenan Allen. He has a pretty good game. Austin Eckler has a good game. It, it has a good game in the past game too. And a little bit of a, a decent game in the run game because the Bengals aren't going to stop in the run, but I think this game comes down to the end. And I think Joe Burrow, in his first game as a game winning drive, and I think the Bengals beat the Chargers. Joe Burrow gets his first win and his first NFL start 23-20.
1: Yeah, I get the Bengals, I get Joe Burrow going and his NFL career 20, 2017. This Chargers team two in the second year last year only gave up two hundred twelve passing yards a game, but again, you lose a guy like Darren James. Um, it's gonna it's gonna hurt. Um it, I'm gonna to see how in sync Joe Burrow is in with his wide receiver with his offensive weapons. That'll be kind of interesting to see. Um, but I, I think the Bengals are gonna be able to do enough at home to be able to get the win. But this should should be a good one. You know, I'm excited to watch Joe Burrow um try to lead, you know, his kind of hometown team here in, in this rebuild. And how
0: do we forget this? We got the Sunday night game between the Cowboys and the Rams, and uh, the, 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 this this should be a really good game. I think uh, I think the Cowboys are going to have a lot of success on offense in this game. I think, especially because of Ezekiel Elliott and the Rams. Are not, they were not good against the run last year. They lose Corey Littleton to free agency. I think they really are going to struggle to stop. Even though they got Aaron Donald on that defensive line, they're really going to struggle to stop the run. I think that Ezekiel Elliott has a huge game and goes for over 100 yards. It sets up play action for Dak Prescott. He's able to get the ball to Blake Jarwin and CD Lamb and Michael Gallup. I say that, though, because I think Jalen Ramsey is going to do a good job limiting Amari Cooper's production. Amari Cooper struggles against good corners that shut him down. But I do think the Cowboys definitely put up some points in this game, and I think the Rams do too. I think the Rams do. I think they struggle to run the ball with Cam Akers. But I think the Cowboys secondary is, is not good, and I think that Jared Goff exposes that secondary. Uh, Cooper Cup has a good game. Robert Woods has a really good game. I think Jared Goff has a really good game as well. But I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a one score game. But because of the Cowboys offense, I'm gonna take them 31 24 over the Rams. Justin.
1: Yeah, I got Dallas winning this one 34-28. And this Dallas team last year averaged 431 yards a game. Now you add C.D. Lamb in that mix. um, Really, you know, again, gives, gives you another nice option for Dak Prescott. Um, they, you know, so they'll definitely be able to put up some points. They only forced seven interceptions last year. Now you kind of you know, lost a piece in the secondary. You know, Byron Jones is gone. So I think, you know, Jerry be able Bebo have some success through the air. But I think Dallas offense would be too much for the Rams. As you said, too, Corey and their leading tackle of last year is gone, which hurts, and I think I think Dallas will be able to get the win on the road. And the, also, you know, they'd be in the new uh, stadium.
0: Yeah, SoFi Stadium, first game, first game at SoFi Stadium. Even though there will be no fans, it'll be the first game at that stadium. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Cowboys. And just like I said, it's going to be interesting to kind of see what happens in week one. It's probably going to be unpredictable. It's going to be crazy, but we can't wait for what's going to happen on Sunday and it's even, th- and then even Thursday, even tomorrow night when it all starts. So we just can't wait for everything to get kicked off uh, uh, for, th- for this NFL season. But we got to shift over to the NBA and last night, one of the best players in the game, he didn't play, but his team got eliminated as the heat knocked out the bucks from, from the playoffs four uh, one that Heat advanced to the uh, Eastern conference finals for the first time in six years. And here, here's the, here's the biggest takeaway of this series. You know, Miami is the best organization in the NBA. We have to, uh, we all have to admit that Jimmy Butler is a, the Sixers made a humongous mistake uh, trading Jimmy Butler. That that, that should be a mistake. That should get Elton brand fired. He had a, he was great in game one. He was great in game three. So they made a humongous mistake doing that. And if you look at and you look at Giannis, yes, I'm going to you have to hear a lot of you know doesn't have a great number two. Middleton did have a pretty good series. If Giannis wants to be better than LeBron, Durant, and Kawhi, he needs to get a consistent jump shot and a three point shot and a three point shot. (coughs) If not. He is not better than either of those three guys. I don't care if he wins the MVP He is not better than either of those three guys because he doesn't have that. And in this game, you've got to be able to shoot threes. And that's the, and that's the issue with Giannis. And yes, Giannis was banged up in game three. He, he didn't play most of game four. He didn't play game five, but the biggest reason why the bucks are going home and why Giannis won't get to the NBA finals again in a year where it was the bucks Eastern conference to lose is because Giannis does not have that jump shot. And and the Heat were able to expose him defensively in that series, and and the Heat are moving on, and the Bucks are not.
1: Yeah, and you know you're right because I know we talked about the same thing with Ben Simmons. Until you get a consistent jump shot in a league now, which is all three point shooting, um, again it's easier to guard you. It, it's it's easier. You can back off and, and you know you can help now off the drive, and you know it, it's it's a lot easier. Again, he's he's not an easy guy to guard. But, you know, um, when he doesn't have that three-point shot, he's not really a threat out there. Um, But Miami had a really good, you know, game plan, though, to stop him the first two games when he was healthy. Uh, You know, Milwaukee came out firing last night. You know, they shot the ball well early, but that was about it, you know, in the first quarter. Milton really stepped up, you know, in game four when Giannis went out, kind of helped him to get that win in OT. Um, But, you know, I remember last summer when, I, they, when the Miami signed Jimmy Butler, I was really questioning it. I was really, you know, why is yeah, he coming here?
0: Yeah, we talked about it on our show, and it was like, you know, why is he coming here? He's going to be one and done. Now they're getting to the conference finals because he embodies exactly what Eric Spoelstra and Pat Riley want to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a perfect pickup, and it was a pick, you know, that yeah, it's helped them get right back to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. And this, you know, this Heat team's fun to watch, the way they play defense. um, they're a tough out, and you know to beat the Bucks in five games, impressive. Um, But yeah, you know, and I also think you know Bledsoe last night and even um, really, really struggled in the field. They really needed him to step up, and he really could not. He could not hit a shot last night.
0: Oh no, no, not no, no, not at all. But now that the Bucks are done. The big question is, is, is Giannis' future going to be with the Milwaukee Bucks? He's still, he only has one more year left in his contract before he becomes a free agent after the 2021 season. Uh, and looking at what he's got around him now, I, li- I like Middleton. I think Giannis needs to improve his game, but I think Giannis needs to have a more, I think Middleton's a decent two, but I think Giannis has to have a more consistent two. And I was listening to Mike Greenberg a little bit before the show, do his radio show, and he th- and he brought up the Chris Paul idea. Maybe the maybe the, the Bucks go out and get Chris Paul, trade for him, have Chris Paul and Giannis play together, and that would make some sense because as we see, the Thunder fired Billy Donovan because I think and I think they both mutually par- parted ways because and I think that's the one thing one. Thing in sports where the two the two sides did mutually part ways. It looked like the Thunder are going to be rebuilding, and they're probably going to trade Chris Paul. So, say you put Chris Paul with Giannis, I think you're looking at a team that is definitely better than the one that than than the last two years. The team a a team that failed to reach the finals the last two years.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think you'd be right. Yeah, I did I kind of did hear that rumor of Chris Paul to Milwaukee. I think that really helped out because Chris Paul's had a lot of playoff experience. And he, he, you know, he played well against the Rockets in round one. You know, he, he played really well against his former team. I think that would really kind of help out with Middleton as well. Um, I, I think that would really, really work. And I think, yeah, it helped Milwaukee out big time just because of the experience that Chris Paul has. And he's still a guy chasing for a ring. You know, he's, you know um, he hasn't gotten that yet. So I, th- I think, you know, you add another guy that's hungry to win, like Chris Paul, I think, yeah, and a veteran. I think it really will help out that lineup.
0: Yeah, and also this, this, this situation very, very reminiscent of, you know, when LeBron, you know, he you know LeBron lost a, a, a tough series. I remember he, he lost a tough series to the Magic, a series he probably shouldn't have lost in the conference finals with one year left on his deal. LeBron doesn't end up getting a new deal. The team doesn't make the finals the next year, and then LeBron's gone. Similar situation if the Bucks don't sign an extension with Giannis could very easily happen to Giannis.
1: It could, you know. And, um, I actually have a friend who's a Bucks fan. and He already, he's already.
0: Yeah, you you got some you got some friends. I mean, Bucks Kings. You guys are all over the map.
1: Yeah, and then mostly the rest of them are Celtics and Knicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Mostly, mostly yeah. the most part. Actually, I have one that's a Heat fan. Um, oh
0: wow! So you guys all over the place. He probably became a Heat fan when LeBron came, though.
1: Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, made, yeah. And no, you know, but he, I guess he stayed. But um, yeah, I, you know, um, I think you know, it'd be tough, but. Um, I, you know, I, I think, you know, he said last night, you know, he wants to, you know, he wants to sign a new deal. I don't, I don't know though. Again, we, we don't really, you know, we don't really know. I know Milwaukee loves him I know Milwaukee wants to keep him I think, you know, again, I think they had Chris Paul, they get to the finals next year. I definitely think he stays. If they get bounced before the finals, again, it's tough. I, I could see him leaving. I could see him saying, "I don't, you know, again, I don't know if he wants, uh, because he, you know, he's not really, I don't know, you know, he's not out. I, I don't know about Uh, the market.
0: I, I think he wants to stay with the Bucks, but if the Bucks don't improve the team, seeing the way the NBA is trending, he's gonna, he's gonna be forced to leave. That's what's gonna happen. He wants to, I think he's, he wants to stay with the Bucks, but the way the league's trending, if they don't, if this team doesn't get better or doesn't get to the finals next year, he's probably gonna leave."
1: Yeah, you know, I wouldn't be shocked. I don't, you know, I don't know if he'd fit kind of in a big market, you know, because again, I, you know, he really hasn't taken too much criticism because he played the market. I know he's starting to now that this was his kind of serious to lose. I know he's beat up and all that, but you know, I don't, I, uh, I don't know how he would do in a big market. Again, he would still be great, but you know, could he take that criticism in a big market if he does go to an L.A.? Um, I've even heard like the heater, uh, you know, would be a favorite for him, but you know I, I would we'll see you know i think i, I agree with you i think he does want to stay
0: yeah i mean it, I, I definitely think he wants to stay i mean yeah i don't think the market's really going to matter i think he'll be a great player anywhere but uh i just think that if the bucks don't get t- to to the nba finals next year i think you're gonna see he's gonna if if, they, if the bucks don't sign him to, to an extension this this offseason if they don't get to the finals next year i think Giannis is gone but we got to get to the other number one seed in the NBA and that's the Lakers. And they, they had a big win last night. I mean, LeBron and AD were outstanding. Got a huge, huge performance uh, by Rondo off the bench. He had 21 points off the bench. He's played really, really well in this series. Him coming back has really helped him in this series. Uh, Kuzma's played well too. And for the Rockets, they've really, they've really done it. They've really played well in the series as well. I mean, but I think the biggest thing for them, though, is and why I think they lost uh, games two and three is they didn't have Westbrook, Harden and Gordon all have good games. That was the thing in game one. Westbrook, Gordon, and Harden all had good games in game one. In game two, Westbrook was off. In game three, Gordon was off. And if they're going to win this series, they need pretty much every game. All their top three guys, Gordon, Westbrook and Harden all to have good games if they want to beat the Lakers in the series, because a lot of people ask who's the Lakers third guy Kuzma's played pretty well. And Rondo's really stepped off, uh, stepped up uh, off the bench to really help their depth. So the biggest key to the Rockets is they need, they need uh, Harden uh, Westbrook and Gordon to have good games or they're in, and, and, and the rest of these games in the series, or they're not going to win the series.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, they definitely need all three of those guys. I think two game two or game three as well. They, I thought the Rockets, too, just down the stretch were not good. Um, again, they didn't hit too many shots, kind of sloppy. Um, and then Westbrook, too, with, like, the seven turnovers in E2. You know, I, again, I think coming down the stretch, when you play a guy like LeBron, who's been able to be clutch his entire career, it's you know, you've got to be able to at least slow him down, or if not, you're going to have to be able to at least put up some points as well to keep up, and they really haven't been able to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, Houston too got 27 points off, their, off of their office, uh, Lakers home runs last night. Um, or the other, or I mean, game one, uh, game one they did. Uh, um, but yeah, I've been really impressed with Rondo all three games. He's played really, really well. And if he can continue to play like that, it, it's that Lakers team is really dangerous, especially if Kuzma could add, as he did last night, you know, 14 to 16 points, somewhere in that range. It really, really makes them – um a tough team tough team to beat
0: oh absolutely absolutely i mean yeah if if, if they have everything going the bench is playing well lebron maybe are on i i think they're right there neck and neck with the clippers the best team in the nba
1: yeah yeah definitely because they kind of they have that they have that score um they have that you know kind of third score and then you add kudma which isn't a bad fourth option at all right now for for the roster um so yeah it it makes them danger makes them at you know they're definitely a title contender right now but it kind of puts them really up there as um you know a- as a favorite and you know they'd be they'd be tough to stop then if if he continue can if he continue to play like that
0: absolutely absolutely but we got to go to the other la team who has a two1 lead in their series over the Denver nuggets they got a big win on uh, Monday night uh, uh Paul George and Kawhi, they came to play. They played really, really well. And I think the biggest thing and I think for the Clippers, I think the biggest reason why they're going to beat – I think they're going to beat the Nuggets in this series and probably beat them in five, maybe six games at, at most, is that they're containing Jamal Murray. I mean, they contained Jamal Murray in game one. They contained him in game three. Yes, Jokic has played really, really well. But it's, as I've said, and I've been consistent about this all postseason – in today's NBA, it's a very, very hard to win a championship with your best player as a center. Even though Jokic is the best center in the league, if you could shut down, if the, if the Clippers can cut shut down Jamal, it could contain Jamal Murray, they're going to win the series. And they've done that so far. And Paul George has stepped up. He's been good in every game in this series. Yes, Kawhi probably played one of the worst games you'll ever see him play in game two. That was the reason why the Nuggets beat them in Game in game two. But Paul George who did not play well in the series against Dallas, has played really, really well against the Nuggets. And that has been the difference in why the Clippers are beating the Nuggets right now.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, because, again, you know, yeah, you know, with Jokic um, with the center, yeah, it's, you know, we've talked it to guard-oriented league. And if you're able to kind of stop a team's best guard, you're going to have a really, really good chance to win. And, you know, the Clippers, too, they don't really have a guy that could guard Jokic, um, you know, Zubox, not, you know, a guy that could slow him down at all. Um, but, yeah, they've been able to contain him, and it's really um, been big. You know, I know Michael Porter stepped up for this team. That was so big in
0: game three. Porter Jr. was really, really good for them. And if he can continue, they're going to stay in that series. If can Porter Jr. continue to play the way he did in the bubble?
1: Yeah, you know, if he can put up 18 to 10, um, it definitely keeps them in that game because, you know, it, you're going to need a guy most likely to kind of step up because Jamal Murray, you know, in game three, only had 14, you're not probably going to see him score 30, 35. So they need somebody to kind of fill that void. And Porter was able to do that. Um, you know, after, after game one and seeing that blowout, I thought this was pretty going to be a simple series, but the last two games, Denver has been able to keep it close. I know Kawhi, yeah. Um, All right. One of the worst games I've seen him play and, you know, Denver be able to keep close. I don't, I think maybe they may be able to steal one more, but I'm not not um pot you know 100 positive to be able to. But I think you know they can get the lake the Clippers the game. Maybe they could kind of steal one towards the end. Um, but you know again, Denver just kind of missing that third star. You know they're kind of missing that other star again. You know I know they're hoping Porter can be that guy because he's supposed to be the runaway first overall pick a couple years ago, but You know injury really hurt hurt him there so um you know denver's kind of missing that one guy and if porter's kind of been able to fill that role in game three maybe continue they'll steal maybe one more in the series
0: yeah we'll see what ends up happening there i mean i i still think the clippers win in five but if porter continues to play the way he did in game three the clippers can definitely take it to six games but we'll wrap up our NBA talk talking about the Celtics and the Raptors. And the Celtics won he, big, 111 to 89 on uh, on Monday night. And here's the bottom line of the series. The big three of Tatum, Kemba, and uh, Jalen Brown are too much for the Raptors. The Raptors are lucky that the series isn't over because it wasn't for Ananobi's three. This series would be over already. The Celtics would have won in five. Here's the biggest thing for the Raptors. They completely miss Kawhi Leonard. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, the, 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 I mean, I know Van Van Fleet is improved and he's played well, but he's no Kawhi Leonard. And Siakam, let's just be honest, he's just not. A, I mean, yes, he put up, he averaged 23 points in the regular season, but watching him in this postseason, he's just not an elite player. He's not a great player. So the Raptors desperately, desperately miss Kawhi Leonard. Huge mistake, not re-signing. I know Kawhi was probably not gonna. Resign there, but a huge mistake not resigning Kawhi Leonard. They and and now t- trying to get Fred Van Fleet to resign there is going to be hard. Now that Kawhi's not there, so the, the, the defending champs are not looking like they're going to be on top of the NBA for years to come be- because of them not not resign not resigning probably one of the best players in the game and now having a hard time to resign an up uh, and coming player like Fred Van Fleet. I think the Celtics finish this in six tonight.
1: Yeah, I think Celtics will finish it. And, yeah, I don't think Kawhi gonna come back anyway. Did he treasury to him? I think, you know, his mind was set on LA for a while. Um, but I think, you know, Siakam misses that kind of Kawhi, you know, with him at the forward position. And this Celtic, yeah, this Celtic team probably could have got this week. Because in game four, I figured Boston's a bounce back because they've been able to, for the most part, control this series. And I was very surprised at how bad they looked in game four um i think you know again i was only a seven point loss or but i thought that score was you know i thought you know it it was just it was deceiving i thought you know toronto was a much better team in that game um and, but they bounced back in game five you know Jalen brown played well um again kemba hit some big shots a couple setbacks for him. um Brett Walker came off the bench, got all 15 of the bench points, and I guess Gordon Hayward is back in Orlando, and he's in quarantine until noon on Friday, so he could, so he would be available. I would, you know, for the Eastern Conference Finals that they can finish it off here.
0: Yeah, it, it, it'll be it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they end up fin- if they end up finishing it off. I mean, it, they should be able to. I don't think the Raptors. I think they were a fraudulent. I think yeah, they've had a really good year, but I think they've been a fraudulent team all year. They've not been anywhere near as good as their records been, and that's why I think I, I personally think the Celtics are going to uh, finish it off. But we got to go to baseball, and we got to go to probably. The most disappointing team in baseball, and that's the Yankees. And this last month, they've been completely disappointing, losing five of losing a fifteen of their last twenty games. And they just they just find new ways to lose. Either they don't hit one night like last night, either the bullpen is absolutely terrible, like it was, uh, like it was, like it was uh, Monday night, or their their starting pitching isn't any good. So they find different ways to lose. And obviously Brian Cashman, he he addressed the team. We remember the last time though when Cashman addressed the team, that was in Atlanta back in. He might be a little too young for this, but that was back in Atlanta back in. Do you remember
1: that? Yeah,
0: 0-9, oh yeah. I when he addressed the team in Atlanta, and then that team went on went on a huge run. And they end up winning the World Series, but he addressed the team last night. No change. They end up losing two to one. Just they just it just they they, they can't do anything well. They, offensively, they're. They're right now 17th in run scored, so they're average offensively. Their bullpen has been a total mess since this losing streak. Uh, Adovino's been terrible. Green has struggled. Chapman hasn't been good. And even Brent struggled the other day giving up those two runs in the eighth inning against the Mets. So their bullpen hasn't been good. And their rotation, yes, Tanaka's pitched better. He's been definitely their best starter in, in, during this losing streak. But Garrett Cole, and let's, let's just end, end, end any Cy Young talk with Garrett Cole. I don't want to hear any Cy Young talk about with Garrett Cole, that is over. There is no chance he's winning the Cy Young, and there and and at this point now, and just like I said two weeks ago, he lost the Cy Young when he lost to the when he when he did a pitch well against the Braves. He is now I know he pitched five you know shutout innings against an Orioles team that didn't have their best player, but then he blows he completely implodes in the sixth inning. The Cy Young talk with Garrett Cole, I still think he's one of the top pitchers in baseball, but he just doesn't have enough time to work through it in a shortened season. The Cy Young talk talk is over with Garrett Cole. He's not winning that. And then you know the rest of the rotation, happens pitch pitched better. But the funny thing with Happ is, when he pitches uh, well, the Yankees don't score runs. When he pitch when he when he doesn't pitch well, the Yankees score runs. So it seems like nothing coordinates at all. And then the rest of the rotation, Jordan montgomery has been absolutely terrible. He was absolutely terrible against the Rays. Oh, and then he only gave the Yankees like three and two thirds innings the other night. So he's been absolutely terrible for them. So just they just have been. This is right now not a good not a good baseball team and it just hasn't been for the last 20 games i mean just looking at this team i know they've had judges stand out but Judge and stand are out you know all the time so that excuse has got to end this baseball team is just yes i still think this the 60 game season has affected them but this has just been a total disappointment this season so
1: far yeah this has been a disaster since the 16 and 6 start um and i know or I and i know Boone, is not in charge of the lineup day in and day out. But how do you bench LeMayu Saturday and then Torres Sunday? It, they both need days off. And,
0: and, and you're and, 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 and you're fighting for a playoff spot. That's what I don't get.
1: And Torres is a guy that needs to get going, come off the DL, and he rakes at Cam- Camden Yards. I, I don't understand. This is why I'm not a big – analytics guy especially
0: yeah, this with is, the new york yankees yeah this is not a this has not been a good year for aaron boone as a manager but we got to be fair this just has definitely been his worst season as yankees manager he was he was he was he was good in his first year was great in his second year but this has not been a good year for aaron boone it all started with when he when he uh pulled when he uh left james paxton in that game and it's been just downhill ever since this has just not been a good year uh for for aaron boone and yeah stop it with the analytics Just start, make moves that make baseball sense. Stop just going all analytics. Yeah, you go, like Joe always says, you go a little analytics, a little bit of, you know, what your gut tells you, but you can't go all analytics and think you're going to be successful.
1: Yeah, it it doesn't really work, I don't think, for a New York Yankees team, and it it hasn't. And the other thing I'm not happy with Boone is at the moment is, I don't know if you heard what he said last night, but he thinks he said we did a lot of things well last night. What do you mean you did a lot of things well? You lost the game 2-1, to and and you couldn't hit it all. What do you mean you did a lot of things well? I, I don't know. And that's the problem what I have with Boone. And I, I know they fired Girardi because he criticized Gary and they wanted to yeah, go no. happy, go lucky guy. No no
0: no, 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 no. The reason they fired Girardi is they didn't want to pay him. That was the reason they fired Girardi.
1: I th- I think it was a little the criticizing Sanchez.
0: Criticizing Sanchez, know. but come on. The, the reason they didn't pay him is that they, 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 didn't want, they didn't want to give him okay. a new contract. And they had the decision made before that year, he was, he was a lame duck manager that year. Cause they didn't think the Yankees were going to be good. And then they have a year. they come out of nowhere and get to the ALCS and if they would have gotten to the world series, he would still have been the manager. Cause they wouldn't have fired him, but they, yeah, they, 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 but yeah, the reason they fired him, yes, the Gary Sanchez thing, I think factored into it. But the biggest reason was he was, he, he, he didn't have he, his contract expired.
1: Yeah. That wasn't, yeah, that, that's definitely another one. But I, I, again, I just, I don't know. And I, I just, I know what they brought him in, but he's, Again, we see him get ejected. Like, you know, there's some anger in there. Like, you know, I know you don't have to call a guy on the press conference, but at least say, Well, we're not doing you know. At least get get some fire in these guys' bellies or something. You know, and don't come out and say, you know, do you think we're uh, idiots, wa- Yankee fans are idiots watching this? Like, no, no, no. It's
0: just, yeah, it's just, it's just all PR stuff. He just says things to the media. He's not, you know, he's not saying that to his team behind closed doors. I mean, he's, he's, yeah, he's lying to the fans, but he's, but it's just, yeah, he's just, he's just giving the fans nothing because, and trying to say everything's good when everything just clearly hasn't been for the last 20 games. It's been terrible.
1: Yeah, it, it, it has. And it's just, again, um, The lineup for most part, you know, guy, I think since like this really started, most guys are batting under 200, you know, who I think the only one that's not right now is Clint Frazier. Um, You know, he's kind of been the only one. Mike Talkman can't hit this year. He cannot hit a fastball. to save his life at this point. Um, And then, you know, again, I don't, I'm not, you know, I know we've talked about it too, Steve. I'm not a guy that says, "Oh, let's cut Gary Sanchez, let's trade Gary Sanchez, let's throw him down at Triple A." But, but
0: but he needs to be better than this. He's yeah, just okay. been horrible this year. He's been he's been horrible. That's that, that's a fact. I don't want to hear any Yankee fans deny that. Yeah, no, I'm not for setting him down or trading him. But this has been by far his worst season as a Yankee.
1: He, it has, and the thing is, too, he wasn't great last year, average wise.
0: But he yeah. still hit for power last he year.
1: Did. He did, but he, he hit for more power than he had. He has. He's been just. I don't know what's wrong. He hasn't hit a, you know, Michael Kay was saying, he has not hit like a, um, you know, fastball, you know, inner part of the plate at all this year. He's, you know, he just followed tips at all. I, you know, I don't know what it is, what's going on with him. But, you know, again, I, I, I'm I, starting to get a little bit worried about Gary. Because, again, this isn't, I'd say, you know, a slump like a week or two. He's played almost 30 games, I would say, 20, 30 games. I'd say that's not really, you know, again, it shouldn't really be a slump anymore, you know? Um, yeah, I am not giving up on Gary in, any, in that, but I'm starting to get worried. And then kind of my last thing here is too, I think they miss a CC in the locker room, and I know Aaron Judge is probably that voice, but the thing is he's back in the Bronx right now, you know, trying to get back on the field. So I, I think they kind of miss that. I don't, you know – I'm surprised maybe Guardi's not that good. Cause we've seen Guardi, you know, um, he's always kind of had CC that voice in the locker room. I think they also missed that leader right now. I that's think that's a, another one.
0: Yeah. That's an outstanding point, Justin. I mean, yeah, they definitely missed that leader. And I think is, yeah, Gardy could be that guy, but, to be a leader on a team, I feel like you got to be really be playing well. And Gardner has just not been playing well at all. So I don't think you know if he's getting on guys and everything. They're, they're, then the guys will go back to saying to him and say, "Look at your play. You're hitting under 200." So if you're going to be a leader, you got to be you know got to. And, and it's not like and the thing is, it's CC Sabathia. Even when no, he wasn't pitching well. He was a hall, He was he was a hall of famer. Gardner was a, been a respected player for the Yankees, but he's not at the level of C doesn't have the respect to, of C.C. Sabathia. So I still, I still think that, yeah, great point. there. not having a C.C. in that locker room. Uh, uh, and then I think this team does lack leadership. They lay lacks a guy back in the day, Paul O'Neill, who would, you know, hit a water cooler, or, you know, get upset, you know, to, to, to get this team back on track. They, they missed like a guy, like a Paul O'Neill too. They missed, they missed that leadership in this locker room outstanding point Justin. there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh... It, yeah, you know, I definitely definitely that, and then um, the last, you know, I, it just the last thing too is um, oh, what was that um, I kind of um, I just and I think um, going kind of going back to that point, of, you know, Paul and Neil knocking down like a walk or something. We've seen guarding, you know, slam his bat into the, the. I know he's struggling, but again, somebody needs to, again to uh, you know start. I don't, I don't know, like again. The scary thing was, I thought, okay, Cashman's coming in here. We're going to see a great effort tonight, and I didn't. You know, that's what I'm worried about.
0: Yeah, he came to this series in Buffalo, and they've lost two games, and the bullpen imploded on 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 Monday night.
1: Yeah, so you know, I'm kind of worried about this team right now. I know Judge and saying, I know, could come back and help, but again, they come back what a week or two before regular season ends, and then Tampa, like who, how, how fresh would they be? I, I just, you know again, I you know, I'm really worried the next time Garrett Cole takes the ball and you know, how bad the season's going, he's gonna need Tommy John's gonna miss all next year. Like I I you know, this is, you know <laughs> uh it's just you know, just bad thing that they're you know, just again, it just kind of looks like a little league team out there at times. You know, yeah. Luke, Luke Voigt's um error the other night, again, you know, you're still up six three at six two, and it's just you know, they just give up ten, nine, 10 runs the next. You know, it just, uh, it was, you know, again, just look, they just look awful right now. And the Orioles, Tigers, and Mariners are all right behind you right now. And I think that's the biggest
0: kind of embarrassment right now yes yeah, yes yeah, yes yeah, yes yeah. speaking of 2020 I mean you look you look at the Orioles are a half game behind the Yankees uh you got you got the Tigers a game and you got the Mariners close too so speaking of 2020 you know it's 2020 when those teams are close to the Yankees when if you were this was a normal year they would they they're they probably wouldn't even be anywhere near I mean the, the Yankees might not be that great but they wouldn't be anywhere near the Yankees so you know it's 2020 when those teams are, are this close and speaking of the Orioles and Garrett Cole Big, big Who would have ever thought this series with the Orioles would be a big series? This is actually a huge four-game series at the stadium this weekend. I mean, on Thursday, Garrett Cole in a game where if he doesn't pitch well, he is going to get crucified by the media if he doesn't pitch well against the Orioles Thursday night. I mean, Garrett Cole has to pitch well in that game on Thursday against the Orioles. You look at it, they got Cole and Tanaka, one and two. Those got to be wins. Uh, You got Montgomery in the third game and then Happ in the fourth game. The way Happ – um, and Tanaka pitched recently, those got to be wins. Garrett Cole, that's got to be a win. The Yankees got to take at least three out of four in this series against the Orioles.
1: Oh, God, yeah. They they, they have to. You know, and, and again, you get your ace, you get Garrett Cole, you get a guy you're paying $324 million. They need him to win, beat the Orioles. And I don't think we'd be talking like the Orioles is a must-win must game, but it is. It, it got to set the tone for this weekend series and start to feel good about yourselves and start to just, again – Get one win and get two, and then just start to get on a little bit of a roll here um, would be huge just for him. And, and, you know, even for tonight, like Davy Garcia has been good through his first two starts. Again, hopefully they get another start from him. Hopefully, you leave Buffalo with at least one win tonight.
0: Yeah, hopefully, yeah, tonight we got uh, Davy Garcia, Debbie Garcia against uh, Tanner Oak. The Yankees need, need, even though Garcia's pitching, the Yankees definitely need to win tonight. But, A month ago, we never thought this was going to happen. We never thought we were going to see this, but on Saturday, the ACC is playing and they're playing college football. And we know, even though these matchups are really not good matchups, Justin cannot wait for these games. Mm -hmm. He's been looking forward to this all year long. I think, yes, college football played last week, but this is kind of, to me, the first official, this is the official beginning of college football. You got the first power conference taking the field. Uh, You got, you got, you got, uh, you got, you got, you got, uh, the, the ACC taking the field this week. They got four. They got four games, I, I, I believe, uh, within each other, and we're going to talk about all four of those games. And we're going to start with the uh, with the, with the Saturday night game between Clemson and Wake Forest. And obviously, we know with Clemson with Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, they should have a huge day on offense against against Wake Forest, uh, they should score a bunch of points. I think they get into the forties. And the fight thing is. During the pandemic, you know I had time. I watched this uh, documentary on Netflix with about quarterbacks, and one of them was Sam Hartman. He's the quarterback for Wake Forest, and uh, I think I think you know he looked he looked pretty good in high school, but uh, this is his first year, first full year as a starter at Wake Forest. I think against a a defense against Brett Venables' defense, I think he's going to struggle. I think this is going to be a blowout. I think I got Clemson winning this game by four scores.
1: Yeah, I get close to when this one big. Um, I did see that documentary, you know. Um, QB one beyond the lights. That's Pretty a good sure. one, really good oh, one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, good series. Had Justin
0: Fields and Jacob Fromm in it too, and Spencer Rattler, the quarterback of Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, so you know, it's a good inside look. You know. Um, I loved yeah. it. It was, it was great for. Yeah. I loved watching it. Oh yeah. Um, Abriel Mitchell was actually UConn was the second choice behind Iowa State. Oh really? Wow. wow. Kind of him. But yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, you know, going back to this game here, Sam Hartman um, broke his leg his freshman year because he started a little bit, you know, his freshman year because Newman was hurt as well. Um, now kind of gets 100% of the controls here. But, yes, this is going to be difficult. Again, Brent, you know, Clemson every year, they lose pieces on both sides of the ball. Same this year, um, but Brentonville always rebuilds it. It's going to be a tough matchup, and I, you know, I, I just – I don't see Clemson um, having any issues. Amari doesn't, Rogers, doesn't Wake up a good pass rusher? Um, They do. Um, Charles Bassman Jr. Yeah, um, yeah. All ACC, second in sacks in the ACC, and second in tackles for loss. Definitely and it, an awful pro- prospect. What team does Amari Rogers play for? Um, Clemson. He's they He's been a guy wide receiver that they've been looking to step up the last few years, and he hasn't. But now um, they really need him to be that number two guy with Justin Ross being out for the season. Um, and I expect him to really play well and a guy to watch out for it and that Clemson offense, but you know, they got him and then they got ET in the backfield and Lawrence's last um, eight regular season games, 22 touchdowns, zero interceptions. So I, I see he's, he's going to have no problems against this Clemson defense.
0: Yeah. And wake four, their best receiver opted out too, right?
1: Um No, Ross is hurt. um You mean for wake? Yeah. I mean, Sage, wake. Yeah. Their best yeah. receiver opted out. Yeah. yeah Sage uh, Sarant jr. Um, which hurts too because this weight team loves to uh, um, they, they they will run a play every 12, 13 seconds. They will, um, they're fast, but that, you know, that's also going to hurt Sam Hartman as well.
0: Yeah. So uh, Clemson should not have a problem at Wake Forest on Saturday night, but we got a matchup. Uh, in south bend as uh daniel jones's former team the duke blue devils head up to south bend to face the notre dame fighting irish and i think this is another game that notre dame wins big i know notre dame lost their best receiver in chase claypool i know they lost they, they, their best running backs not coming back either i don't i mean justin is that right
1: yeah exactly. their
0: best running back's gone too they got a really good defense so i think notre dame wins this game this is another game where i think notre dame wins big i think this is duke's third different starting quarterback in three years. Cause I don't think the guy that played last year, I don't think he came back either. He was a senior last year too, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a now Clemson transfer, Chase Bryce. Oh, wow. So um, yeah, you know, Nordane used six different running backs a year ago. Um, They're kind of hoping that one of them is able to um take the reins in that backfield and be the one guy they did fire or they did get rid of Chip long. They want, you know, um, O coordinator there for a while, you know, Probably a name you recognize. See Tommy Reese, the Yes, team. I
0: remember. Yes, yes.
1: Yeah. Stephanie is a new OC here for Brian Kelly. Did um coach the offense in the bowl game. They look good over Iowa State. They did lose their top three wide receivers. Um they got four seniors back on the old line with a junior. So their off in the line should be able to protect Ian Book. He said though um last year in the first half when he struggled, you know, he just lost the confidence. His decision making wasn't very good. Um said he feels a lot better now more, much more confident so i expect a big year for ian book and this duke team dave cutlet's done a great job with this duke program this was you know always the worst team in the acc just not even competitive um he's done a great job since taking the job and i you know this duke team was five and seven had a chance to get the bowl game turned the ball over at the north carolina one-yard line the season finale um this should be could be interesting Duke's losing a couple pieces on offense, um, but I, I think Notre Dame should be able to win. I think you know, I got Notre Dame win by thirty four to seventeen. Um, they should be able to take care of business in this one.
0: You know, I'm a David Cutliffe guy, though. You know, because he coached Eli Manning and Daniel Jones, so I know. You know, I'm a David Cutliffe guy, but I definitely got to go with the Irish in this one. But we got an ACC match, probably the maybe the most competitive game of the weekend. We got. Georgia Tech uh, heading down to Tallahassee to face uh, Florida State, and Georgia Tech had a really rough year last year. They were three and nine. They weren't that good, but Florida State's not that good either. And Florida State lost their best offensive player. They lost uh, Cam Acres. He w- he got drafted by the Rams in the third round. But I think the biggest difference in this game. I think this is a low scoring game. But I think Marvin Wilson, a guy who's projected to be a top ten pick, I think he makes a difference in this game. And I think Florida State wins a close one.
1: Yeah, I got Florida State winning close um, again for. Um, Coach Collins at Georgia Tech, second year now. Again, he had to get rid of this triple option offense, and it's tough. Their your average on the offensive line last year six foot one, two sixty four. Wow, you're
0: gonna you're gonna get destroyed in 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 FBS having that.
1: Yeah, you're gonna get destroyed being that
0: small in in, in FBS.
1: Yeah, that you know that was kind of last year's line. So they're kind of they're getting some new guys here that are bigger um that could kind of help out james graham he is very very versatile um he, you know they need him to take the next step only could be to 45 of his passes they need him to be a lot better um they're you know this they only they're 120th in yards per play with only four yards a play last year so they really struggled i like the direction um they're recruiting too they're trying to change it and everything they really they're going to give coach collins time time here and i think you know In a few years, you're going to see Georgia Tech be competitive again in the ACC. You just got to give them time. Florida State, uh, Mike Novell is coming in here, running a pro-style offense, but very up-tempo like he did at Florida State. This team, um, again, there's been fourth offense for Florida State in four years, fourth fourth, um, offensive scheme. Yeah, there's – yeah yeah there's no stability with the program since Jimbo Fisher left no there's not and this is already there the seniors This is already the third head of coach there were some issues in the locker room as, as well with you know um kind of communication wise with all this COVID stuff going on so I think Florida State's going to be able to win this thing very very close um they were one nineteen-two against the pass last year they're going to need that to be much much better um but again, this Florida State team—it's—it's going to take a year or two here to to rebuild this thing back um, to where it belongs and one of the top teams in the uh, in the FBS.
0: Well, we'll wrap up co- our college football talk, talking about the best quarterback, not named Trevor Lawrence, in the ACC, and that is a uh, Sam Howell. He had a great year last year for UNC, thirty-eight touchdowns, seven interceptions, and we remember North Carolina almost beat. Uh, clemson last last year at north carolina so i tell you north carolina uh they could be a team that you know could could if the, if the acc has two teams get in the playoffs they could be a team that ends up getting into the college football playoff i mean and the acc is not that strong of a league so they could be a team say they lose that one game do they play clemson this year
1: no they avoid them They oh really play.
0: but if they think they'll be in the championship game though if they play yeah
1: yeah yeah. yeah then, so then, oh sorry uh, yes so yeah sorry.
0: Oh, oh and is Notre Dame in their league too?
1: Or Notre Dame? Yep, Notre yep, Dame's all ACC. Besides Florida State next, or I mean South Florida next week they'll play. But yeah, they're all ACC scheduled this year.
0: Oh, so but is, but is North Carolina in, uh, in 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 Notre Dame's league?
1: Um, they're not. I don't. They're not doing the league. It's just going to be like the Big Twelve, the top two records.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, okay. So, yeah, so it'll probably be, you know, between those three teams in the ACC, UNC, Notre Dame, and uh, and uh, Clemson. But, yeah, Sam Howells. Uh, Sam Howell had a great year last year, and I think he has a big game against Syracuse this week. Syracuse had a bad year last year. And it doesn't look like they're going to have that good of a year this year, so that's why I think North Carolina beat Syracuse by three or four scores.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, um, North Carolina, I think this is a team that I think could definitely make the playoffs, and they get Notre Dame on Black Friday um, at home. Ooh, that's going to be a good one. That, that would be fun. North Carolina, from this offense that was electric last year, 10 starters are back as well. Um, so they're not going to miss a beat, and I feel like they, they should be fine. They should be revved up, ready to go. And especially for Syracuse, they bring in a new D coordinator. Um, they're going to put in the new three-three-five scheme. So, again, how much practice that, that, that they've had with that. So I think Sam Howell is going to be able to tear this um, secondary up. Of, of Syracuse. They're also bringing a new offensive coordinator, um, Starlin Gilbert, who did work with Jimmy G up in Eastern Illinois. Um, Tommy DeVito completed 63% of his passes, but he was sacked over about 30, sacked um, right around 35 times a year ago. So they give him time. Um, DeVito could be very good. And, um, but they lost a couple wide receivers. Um, Tristan Jackson left for the draft. Um, also Sean Riley, their slot guy is gone. Um, I think it could be a very long year for the Q's. Um, and then the last guy kind of for North Carolina, Chaz Serant, was he was a QB until last season. And now they switched to linebacker. He's all ACC linebacker a year ago. Um, so a big upgrade there for North Carolina. This is gonna be a really, really good team. This team should have beat Clemson last year. Um, and I know they would love to see them in Charlotte once again, or they'd love to see him in Charlotte this year. This North Carolina team. Don't be shocked to see them in the playoff playoff college football playoff conversation.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Mac Brown is turning things around in Chapel Hill. But we'll wrap up the show talking about the conference finals in the NHL, and we will talk about the Eastern Conference first. And the uh, the Lightning uh, beat the flyer beat the uh, beat the Islanders big in Game One. I think it was like seven to two, yeah. and, and, the, and maybe the yeah Lightning beat the Islanders seven to two. And is, I'll ask you this question: Just do this, Justin are the light are the islanders kind of trying are kind of showing their true colors or are the lightning that good or can the, and can the islanders bounce back in a series
1: um so i think for the first two there it's a combination of both so i don't know if you know steve but now um they're not playing in toronto they're in edmonton now so they so the islanders on their one off day here they had to fly out to edmonton what i guess is like a 4 hour plane ride so they didn't really get an off day here um which i think really hurt but then i also think tampa is just a much better team i i you know i think this tampa especially the way that they've lost the last few years i just i I think tampa now is going to be able to um just they just have so many pieces i don't think the islanders have enough victor Hedman's the best defensive defensive defenseman yeah um steven sancos will not play in the series but again brayden point's been great um a lot. They got um Kucherov and it's just there's just too much, I think, for the Islanders to stop and they don't have enough firepower. Um, Again, it's just they're not playing the Flyers anymore. They're not playing the Capitals anymore. They're not playing the Panthers anymore. This is, I think Tampa right now is the best team in the NHL and we're starting to see that. I think the Islanders will probably only get one game here. I, I just, I think the Lightning are a much better team than than, than they are um it's been a great story to see the islanders get to this point but i just see i don't see them making this thing to game six or seven they should have finished the flyers off in game five they weren't able to do it they had to play two overtime games and then fly out to edmonton which definitely hurts as well um but tampa right now they're 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 playing like the best team in the nhl
0: look at the western conference and the uh, golden knights and the stars tied at one one i'll be honest i gotta know what i don't know i don't know i don't know much at all about uh Western conference hockey. Um do you think the series is gonna be pretty back and forth, pretty even? And and can uh can one of these teams beat the lightning in the finals?
1: Yeah, I think I think Vegas probably would be the one that's got the better shot to be Tampa just because they have the experience. I don't you know um Mark Mark Andre Fleury not the start anymore. It's Robert um Leanne, um or Robert Leonard now is, is the starting goalie for the Knights and he's played pretty well. Um, you know, so far through the playoffs for these guys, Dallas, you know, first time they they're making the West conference finals here since 08. Um, you know, Jamie Ben's been around for a while again, but this is his first kind of conference, um, um, finals. They, they got Corey Perry, older guy. That's been with the ducks got in the couple conference finals, Tyler Sagan. Um, part of the Bruins Cup team in 11. I think Vegas kind of just has the experience here where I think they – I think this will go six or seven. I think this will be a grinded-out series. um, But I, I think the Knights are just a little bit better. They dominated the second period. They had 19 shots on goal, and they scored three goals in the second period. That was really the difference maker in uh, last night's game.
0: Yeah, I mean we'll see what happens here. I mean, this should be it definitely should be an interesting series to see who wins between those two teams and to see what ends up happening in the Stanley Cup finals. But that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R and J for Justin D'Onofrio, I'm Steve Risser. We will be back next week previewing week 2 of the NFL season. Have a great weekend everyone.